Half Medium, a podcast with me, Diana, a world-renowned psychic girl, and me, Diana, a regular girl from the south side of Chicago. I've created this podcast to talk about what it's been like navigating my spiritual life with my physical life. I know that there are so many people that think being psychic means knowing it all, but honey, that is not the truth, and I want to talk about it. Join me on Instagram and TikTok at Divine Pearls Medium. You can also join me on Patreon at Divine Pearls Medium, where I go live every month and do readings, and I also have cool discounts for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and I look forward to connecting with you all soon. Have an amazing day, and remember to always be you, embrace you, and love you. Hello, welcome or welcome back to Half Medium with me, Diana, your psychic girl in the material world. I am so grateful to those of you who have been listening every week and welcome if this is your first time hearing my voice. I'm so happy to have you here. So this week, you all, I am so, 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 so excited and so grateful because this week we will be featuring our first guest on Half Medium. And I think that it is so amazing, you guys, listen. You really never know just how the stars will align. We know they align, but how they align (laughs) is very often a surprise. And this is truly a moment that I am in awe of. And I truly, truly am grateful. So this week, the special guest is someone who I found out about a couple years ago on IG. And I recall sharing her podcast on my story, like you all have to listen to this. And so and I don't often share on my Divine Pearls Medium Instagram, I don't often share other people's posts, not because I don't appreciate and enjoy other people's um, posts. However, I try to be intentional about how often I share and what I share. But I remember sharing her podcast on um, my Instagram. It's like, you all have to listen to this. And so I shared it and I subscribed and she's the first podcast I ever subscribed to the first person I ever wanted to listen to because I identify with her so much on my spiritual journey and some of you all may be able to relate that sometimes when you decide to go on a spiritual journey that is not necessarily in alignment with the rest of the world it can feel a little isolating. So when you find someone, even if it's someone out in the world that you don't know, it can be very comforting. And so I found comfort in her podcast. And her podcast is called Spiritual Shit. And her name is Aaliyah Lovely. Many of you have probably heard of her. If you have not, 
please do go to any platform where you can find podcasts and look up spiritual shit. And I promise you will find something that you can relate to. Uh, she really does really good at uh, bringing the spiritual down to earth. And at the same time, lifting <laughs> our, I guess you can say, minds, our earthly parts <laughs> into the ethers, which sounded really weird, but you guys know where I'm going with that. So, yeah, so the lovely Aaliyah, Aaliyah Lovely is my guest for the day. She is not only an amazing uh, podcaster, but she also is a spiritual advisor. She's done over a thousand readings for people. She's taught classes. She has her own community, like her own social media where you can go in, meet people, comment, send each other messages like it's a really cool uh, setup. And you'll hear more about that during the interview. But please, please, please take a listen to this week's podcast. And if you have found yourself to feel lonely or want to be more connected to others in a spiritual community, take a listen and know that you are not alone. And uh, I will talk to you guys a little later. Thanks. First of all, I have to say how honored I am and excited <laughs> that you agreed to this. Um, because honestly, I am not a person who really knew about, like I've heard a podcast, but I just knew what it meant. <laughs> like I yeah. didn't look into any, and I remember there was a day, like a couple years ago, I saw something. And it was like a snippet on, it was an Instagram and somebody shared you. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a black girl. <laughs> and she's talking about spiritual stuff <laughs> and she looks like me. And when I say looks like me is, and I'll say across the board, cause you can say like hippie in a certain community and another community, you can say like a whole tap maybe type of person mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. it's a look that tends to come with a quote-unquote spiritual person mm -hmm. and when I saw you I was like she looks like a regular girl like me but she's <laughs> like talking about like spiritual shit right yeah <laughs> and it just it did something for me and I remember I shared you and I was like oh snap like and you were the first podcast that I ever subscribed to and Thank the only you. one for it, probably a couple of years. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm excited, um, you know, to start the next one now that we've, we've rebranded and figured out some new stuff. So thank you. I appreciate that for affirming my journey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I can't wait for the new podcast. Yay. Like I cannot wait. I mean, it's, it's something I think that's really powerful about being a, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but truly being a black woman in the spiritual space. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so happy that I know you mentioned that you were, you're working on another project as well outside of this, you know, the next podcast, but yeah. it's I, when I first, when I heard your episode, the last episode of spiritual shit, I was like, 
we still need her voice. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I hurried up and joined Conscious Community because it's like her voice still, you know, so. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to say that. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) And so, okay. So you're my first interview. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So I'll kind of introduce this and then um, we'll get into like the topic of the day. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Cool. So my, um, the podcast for those listening, um, but my podcast is called Half Medium Psychic Girl in a Material World. And the purpose of this podcast is to demystify some things around what it means to be spiritual to be psychic to be a medium and have like a regular everyday life and um so for you um well let me for those who don't know who I'm talking to let me rewind this is (laughs) lovely Aaliyah and she had a podcast called spiritual shit um but soon you'll be announcing the new Mm -hmm. one correct yeah okay yeah um but you can still find other the other episodes are still available correct Mm -hmm. yes yeah so go to the different platforms where you can listen to podcasts and look up spiritual shit and i guarantee that you will find something that will help you on your journey um and so my mission my goal is to help everyone feel a sense of spirituality and it being okay to still like get upset or you know feel like I don't know what direction I'm going in right now and that's okay you know um and so for me as we kind of mentioned before um conscious community is a community that Aaliyah developed for like-minded individuals to come together and share and it's like a safe space and I joined it recently and I love it because hey. you instantly get welcomed in like everyone's known you forever, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about that with you today, um, building community in a spiritual um, space, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that sometimes it can feel a little lonely or isolating when you're on a spiritual path a non and when I say spiritual I mean a non-religious yeah journey um and I want people to know that sometimes if you don't have anyone around to talk to you can feel like well I have to just do this on my own but you don't Mm -hmm. you really don't and I wanted to talk to Aaliyah today about what it's been like building community, um, but before even building the actual platform for people to come and interact with one another, but just the process of building community through the podcast. Mm -hmm. And even if before you had spiritual shit, like what it was like community-wise for you in a spiritual sense. Yeah. Um, Was it just you? Did you have people that you could, talk to like what well that about? <laughs> um <clears throat> well just to give you some background uh hi I'm Ali Lovely 
And in that, um, I was raised super religious and Mm -hmm. in the religion and Christianity, um, I, from a really young age was able to see and connect with other energies and spirits, and it didn't necessarily align with our religion. But then I found out later that my dad and my grandma also could. And I was like, yo, like, why aren't anybody talking about this? Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was on kind of on my own here. And so, um, years and years later, I, when I was about, you know, 25, I think, um, I abandoned my religion. I came to this, like literally come to Jesus moment where I was like, no, I won't, (laughs) I won't come to Jesus. This doesn't feel right to me. This doesn't align. These principles don't feel like me. Like it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like what makes sense to me. And I'm not saying that real for very many people, but the religion itself was Mm -hmm. stripped of the curiosity that I had and stripped of the, um, the exponential, exponential experiences I was having. And -hmm. I was like, these don't seem to fit in the little nice little box of Christianity anymore. So at some point, um, I was living in, in, uh, New York, um, after I had gone through this kind of major awakening and there was suddenly all of these people who I was able to, I was able to speak with that. I was like, you know what? I have these kind of psychic things. I have dreams that come true of this and like, oh yeah, me too. Like no big deal, you know, whatever. So, um, it was the first time that I felt really welcomed in, in the things that I was experiencing beforehand, even though my father and my grandmother had that, it was still such a hush hush kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then I was in this like really toxic marriage where this person was always saying things like, you're crazy or you're making that up or you just want attention or whatever the thing is. And it was like, this is really hard. I'm having these dreams that are really realistic. I'm having experiences. Like for instance, um, my dog came to me and stood um, in front of the bathroom while I was getting ready. And it was almost like I could hear her say, I'm not going to be around for much longer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, oh my God. You know, the tears immediately a feeling like, oh no, like that can't happen. Like you can't go anywhere. (laughs) Please Mm -hmm. don't go anywhere. Um, and maybe like a couple weeks later she had passed away and I was like, oh my goodness. Like there was lots of activity in the house that we lived in. She was always like with me, if that makes sense, when those things would happen and she'd be the first one to pipe up her ears and, um, very much like a spirit guide, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. by my side. And so when I did move to New York and I had that connection to that, um, opening community. I was like, oh, I can try out sound baths and I can go to crystal stores and I can go see mediums on the regular because there was so many available, um, just to get in touch with what I thought. And so that was kind of the gateway drug, if you will, of opening Mm -hmm. up my mind and starting to really, um, unleash what was inside of me. What was I drawn to? What was I not drawn to? It's where I started um, you know, playing with Oracle cards, which like Oracle cards are my jam now. Like that's like how I channel. It's like really fun for me. I'm developing my own deck right now. Like there's so many things that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't lived in New York and had a community of people that were just totally cool with exploring anything. Mm-hmm. And so in that, it was like, finally, like I can talk about these things, things that I've been hiding from people my whole life or things that I felt ashamed to talk about because I thought, I don't want anybody to think that I'm crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. So once I moved back to Kansas city, it's a long story how that happened, but I moved back to Kansas city and I was feeling a way I was feeling really um, just scared and nervous about being around all my Christian friends again and being around my family, Mm -hmm. where there was a lot of pressure after I'd had so much of that freedom. And I got into a space where 
I wouldn't call it depression per se, but it was a space where it was just like, I, I don't feel like I can be myself here. And that feels a way, you know, I felt limited Mm -hmm. and I didn't know who to talk to. So that was what bore my podcast (laughs) into existence is like, I bet there are other people out here who think like this or who may experience this, or I'm at least hoping so. And so I was sitting in my car, uh, getting ready to go into my apartment building and I could hear spiritual shit, like mm-hmm. just the words. And I thought, huh, that's, that's cute. Oh, you know, like <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. think too much of it. And I was like, maybe it's a good podcast name. I asked some friends about it and they were like, I don't know. That's kind of tacky, <laughs> you know, the profanity and you know, whatever. Uh, turns out then that's how so many people found that podcast. They're like, we're Mm. so tired of the love and light. We're so tired of this, you know, like the escapism and like bypassing, like we need like a real, someone to be real with us, you know, Um, and really talk about the struggle and other things. And so naturally I just became that voice. And so I have a friend, um, his name is Mr. Dustin James. And when I first started the podcast, it was maybe two episodes, three episodes in, he goes, this, this is it this is it. Alia. Like I, this is an Oprah thing. Like, this is your thing. And I was like, I'm just trying to find my people, you know? And he's like, no, 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 no. This is way bigger, way bigger. And he's medium. And I was like, okay, he's, he's just trying to gas me up. He's my friend, you know? (laughs) Um, but he was not wrong. He was not wrong. It was the jump off point for a lot of different opportunities that have started to open up, but not just that it was the, the reaching out to the airwaves to other people that were like, oh, finally, like you said, like, finally, someone like me, finally, mm-hmm. someone's going through something like me. And because of my lifestyle or life being kind of ostracized and um, white communities and like other things, religious communities or whatever, um, I guess people were just naturally drawn to the message that I already had. And so to no credit of mine, I like, I'm just being me, you know, anyway, but there, there was the timing component where people were mm-hmm. just kind of tired of a certain voice. Mm-hmm. And I was able to step in intuitively into that space when people needed that kind of voice. So mm-hmm. on a community level, it was like, I was getting troves of messages into my Instagram saying, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much you helped me or whatever. And in my, my heart, it was really hard to receive. Like there was a part of me that was just like, really? Like, (laughs) you know, I'm just being a goofball, like normal. Um, and not really thinking that it's making the impact that people are saying. Um, so even I still don't have the idea or the scope to what that looks like, but I always knew that I hated always feeling left out. I hated feeling ostracized. I hated feeling like I was always suppressing a part of myself. I hated feeling like I didn't trust myself. And I didn't know how to trust myself or people were always telling me that I needed to look at the pastor or, you know, listen to their advice. And I was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why isn't it okay for me to trust what's inside of my, my gut? Like the, the noise inside of my head is getting louder and louder and louder. The more I don't listen to it. And that was the outlet. That was how spiritual shit was born. And it was how, like, I started to realize like, wow, this is bigger than I, I think it is. Um, people need other people in this experience Mm -hmm. and they need a voice that allows them to discover that on their own. Um, it's always been super important for me not to become a guru at all. Like Mm -hmm. I have perspective and insight and I channel and I'm a medium, whatever, but like, 
so can you, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like, and there's a lot of people who get a hold of that kind of attention who are like, all right. And now everything is how I think it is. And you must be interpreted through me Blech. because I had gone through that with the church. That was not what I wanted it to be about at all. Um, and I'm still that way. Very like vehemently like, no, <laughs> don't put me on a pedestal. And that is where mystery school was born, where I started to say, Hey, let's get together and practice with each other. Our um, divinity gifts, you know, like let's practice card readings on each other. And then that expanded into a larger community where I was like, you know, there, there should be more people feeling involved. Like even the people that don't feel like they have gifts, like people who just have questions, people who are lonely, people who want to make friends. We went through this pandemic where we couldn't see each other. You know, we couldn't be in person with each other and just being able to have a community of people that can just talk to each other about what they're going through in this massive awakening. And I thought, why not? You know, like, let's just set it out there and see what it does. And I'm still in one of those phases where it's like, I, I still don't know how impactful this might be. It's still in the beginning stages. We've only been doing mystery slash conscious community for a year and a half, almost two years, but to even see, um, you know, Barbie on the group mm -hmm. um, all the time. I see her. Yeah. Like in just one year, like she went from, I don't know my gifts. I don't know what, you know, like whatever to leading like these groups and helping people heal. And it, to me, I was like, it hit me today, actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I was like, wow, like just by setting up the space, I'm not doing that much. <laughs> um, I'm facilitating a little bit here and there, but my, my goal was that people would meet each other. They would start creating their own events. They would start leading other things. Like I'm just creating the space. And in that, I don't know why I'm that way, but in that, that's where I, I find a lot of joy because it's like, all right, cool. The onus is not on me to lead everybody. I have insights mm -hmm. and ways that I can share my wisdom. Yeah. But like, I want people to be able to find each other. I want people to find what they're drawn to. I want people to find the insight that they feel connected to. And in that way, I take a step back and watch all y'all like grow and expand through that process. So someone had come to me and said, can't you create more events? Can't you do more people come to events if you're there because it's my platform. But I was like, no, because mm -hmm. I need to make a void and a gap for other people to say, you know what, we need something. Why don't you do it? Yeah. You can, you have the ability, you have the gifts, you can create the space. Maybe there's a leadership position you didn't know you were made for. And this is like the perfect growing ground for you to step into that role. Um, my mom always said I was, I had the gift of encouragement. <laughs> and so in that, I want to see other people succeed or other people grow. And since, because I did not have that. And so it was born out of a void for myself of like feeling like I never had that. I had to create it myself and creating space for other people. So that way they can do the same thing, but in a supported context. Yeah. Well, you see, there's some things, there's a few things that I got from what you said. It's so funny. <laughs> I have, I have my notes and I'll get to them, but I want to comment on a couple of things you said. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the interesting the value of the community of the religion that you were brought up in and how that shifted you to New York mm -hmm. probably consciously unconsciously into a completely different community mm -hmm. and you came back to that original community um, but you were able to fully be yourself in that space and then invite other people to fully be themselves by creating this podcast Mm -hmm. And I just think that's so amazing because sometimes I think we look at those restrictive environments as 
these terrible things. But on the outside is like, what a gift. Yeah. That really was to propel you into this other space and get around these other people. Mm -hmm. So you could really flourish and then go back into the space, which understandably was quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, when people try to put you in a box and you were like born completely outside of like <laughs> the stratosphere and they want to put you in a box. Like that's so powerful and valuable thinking about that. You know, um, I just think that's so cool how you were. And I've listened to um you talk about you, I don't think you were expecting to come back to your hometown. Right. Um, and, and so it, it shows like, in a way we can flourish wherever we are, but sometimes you have to go away, gain some things and come back. Mm-hmm. And I've had a similar experience. I'm in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Uh, and I thought I was supposed to move to Georgia. I kept feeling it. I did it once within a few months, whoop, came right back to Chicago. <laughs> then what about two years later? I was like, okay, now it's time. Mm-hmm. Went back whoop, three months later, story, right back man. in Chicago. <laughs> I was like, Lord, <laughs> could, could, could we have gone about this a little different? <laughs> you know, and on the outside, it, it looked like I was just this, you know, nomad, didn't know where I wanted to be. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I'm, I, I know that spirit told me make a move and things happen in both of those moves that really help propel me in a lot of ways um in my work as a medium but just me as Diana growing as a person believing in my abilities mm-hmm. and being confident in my ability to receive direction uh it's all purposeful and mm-hmm. so it's it's so interesting how and when I came back to Chicago this time I'm from the south side of Chicago but I live way on the north side now, far mm-hmm. away from where I grew up. Uh-huh. So I'm back, but I'm not back. Yeah. Fully. You know, it's, it's different. Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting how that can happen where you think, let me get out of this place. And you're supposed to. But I'm mm-hmm. just, you know, so grateful that even though I know there had to be frustrations in your journey, that process. <laughs> that yeah. you went through it, that you listened, you went, you gained, and I'm sure you still have some of those connections, even though you're not physically in New York anymore. Um, I'm sure you still have some of those connections and it's enhanced, you know, your life yeah. so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the first thing I wanted to say. And then the other part of it is with you empowering people in the conscious community to step up and be leaders um and I totally relate like how you say because first you are one person you are a mother you are a wife (laughs) and so to have to manage everything everywhere it's just not possible it's not it (laughs) (laughs) it's not possible and people have to know that they are capable and I see the different events that are created in the community and I see the different posts. And um, there was a young lady who recently shared in the um, community, she wanted to practice Oracle card readings uh, for free. And she just wanted people to you know, sign up. And I did one with her. And I enjoyed it because I could, you know, tell that she is new and she's yeah. finding her voice and getting comfortable with sharing. 
mm-hmm. um, messages from spirit. And I was like, this is so cool. I get to be a part of it because, it, yeah. you know, we all have to start somewhere in some yeah. way. And it just takes someone to sit with you and believe in you for a moment. And then you're like, oh, I'm getting better. I'm actually doing really well, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that is so valuable, you being an encourager (laughs) and helping people to find their voice uh, is so necessary. And I know you said like, you are not a guru, but a guru, but you are definitely someone who you're a great guide, I feel. (laughs) And um, you, you won't always know just how valuable what you do is to people because you can't live in everybody's life, but it is so valuable. And I love that you were willing to, no matter what, you never turned off that intuition that you felt, you know? Um, And so, yes, I think that is really important in community to empower others. I don't think that's always talked about because people tend to be put on pedestals when they say something valuable and it's like, all oh, right, you know, you are my, who I have to look up to. You have to give me all the answers. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that person does something that others deem to be less than whatever image people mm-hmm. perceive, then the stones get to throwing. Yep. So, okay, let's talk about that because that's probably the primary reason I don't want to be put in that place. Because at the end of the day, I am human. <laughs> I am still human. I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm going to fuck up. Like there's going to always be something. And I'm, that's why I think I'm very cautious to step into that type of position because especially when it comes to spirituality, because our, even our new age movement and awakening, all that stuff can mirror religion in a lot of ways. Like, um, yeah. if we come from that background, we, we tend to almost parallel those similar habits Um, I know when we first started, a lot of people were like, I'm not doing my meditation and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I'm not doing it regularly. And I'm not keeping up and I need accountability. And I was like, this feels like church to me. Like, oh, we're Mm -hmm. not reading our Bible. We're not praying regularly or whatever. Meditate when you feel like it. Like if that's Mm -hmm. on your journey and that's something that you want to do, great. If it's not something you have time for, you're not thinking about or whatever. Great. Like everybody's going to experience a different facet of what the universe is exploring and so in this way, I just, I just didn't like the, the guilt that was associated with that. And I also didn't capacity to hold everybody's wants or a uh, need for answers from mm-hmm. me. Like, I don't have all the answers. I'll never, ever claim that I have all the answers. I do have insight. I'm old enough to have a well-lived life to know like what not to fuck up on, what not to make a mistake on, like what to do here and there. That's merely advice. And then from just the years of like really trying to connect with my intuition. Yeah. I have guides that I talk to. I have mediumship stuff that happens. Um, I've been in the middle of doing this practice mediumship. Um, I, I can do mediumship, but it's like, I'm uncomfortable with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've been doing, um, I'm on like 140 or something, um, medium sessions in a short amount of time since the end of March. So and every other day I've been doing almost eight a day, um, oh, wow. to, to get a really clean signal, to get a really clear, like, okay, this is how this comes in for me. This is what these symbols mean. Um, I'm a data researcher. Like I'm someone who's always looking at like more data. I want to understand things from the inside out. And that's just because I was born extra curious. So in this, um, trial that I'm doing, 
there are people who are coming in and there are sessions that go insane. Like there's so much information that comes through everybody, every ancestor, every you know symptom, whatever. I get everything right, no wrongs. And there, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see closure happen for that person. It's a beautiful thing to see healing. It's a beautiful thing to get a message that you've been just waiting and wishing that you would hear from that person to come through. And that's amazing. But then there are sessions that come and the, either the, the sitter is closed off, which makes it harder, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if the sitter is closed off, the, se- the session does not go well. Um, if the sitter is trying to test you, like, like, I'm, I'm going to like, if I, if this comes up, then they'll be real. If not, they're not, you know, like then it doesn't go well because mm-hmm. they set the precedent of what that looks like. But because we're conditioned from long Island medium or whoever, like we watch on TV to watch the, the, the good parts of a mediumship session be cut in to make it look mm-hmm. like it's absolutely infallible. It's, it's insane to me. And so for those of us who have this ability, right. I, I liken mediumship to foreign language like being able to translate foreign language, the way that it comes in for me, I don't mess with ghosts. So I don't sit across from people and look at them and see them or whatever. I see movies play in my head. I see symbols. I hear things. Um, I can taste things sometimes. I smell things or whatever. I smell latex when I know someone's died in the hospital. Super mm-hmm. weird. I smell champagne if someone just got married or like um, having a baby, something like that. But either way, people, they they want to know that it's real, but if it's not a hundred percent perfect, they throw away the whole thing. And so in that, coming back to your point that, that, that either belief or non-belief, whatever it is, the, the idea that I need to put this person on a pedestal, like I need, like, if they are a really good medium, if I had a really good session, everything has to be pure and amazing and this and that or whatever. And I tell them up front, it's clunky. Like we try to get through it. Sometimes things come through. Sometimes it's the person that we're talking to. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes I'm having an off day and that's the risk that you take when you come in to get a reading. Now I know that I'm very good at what I do because I spend the hours practicing. I know that there's a natural ability that can come with that, but there's also a skill, a skill set that comes with Mm -hmm. that. So I am putting in my thousand hours or whatever to practice, to continue to practice. So that way I can build the integrity of what it is that I'm doing, but never in your life, put me on a pedestal because I got your grandfather's name, right? You know what I mean? Like, don't put me on a pedestal. Like, oh, you have this magic abilities. Like you might be the the absolute medium of basketball, right? Like you might Mm -hmm. have the absolute intuitive ability to be able to know when that shot's coming, where the ball's at, how to do that. That's just a, it's in a different form to be able to channel that information. Right. But there's something about mediumship, psychicness or whatever, that there's such a mystery to it that people tend to go, this person has these special abilities. And it's like, to me, it's not that special. It really Mm -hmm. isn't. And like, let let me, let me say that again. It's not that special. And the reason why it's not that special is because we are all like born with the birthright of the connection to spirit. Mm -hmm. While everybody can't be a medium and that's totally fine. Everybody's not meant to be a medium in the same way that I'm never going to be good at basketball. I was cut from the JV team. So (laughs) (laughs) that's just not my skill set. It's not going to be so we shouldn't have, uh, um, we shouldn't pedestal people who have skill sets that are different than our own. And so when we built mystery school, I came in with that same perspective of going, well, you know, we're here to build and practice with each other and open ourselves up. But there would be these people who would kind of sit in the background and go, oh, but I don't have any gifts. Oh, I can't do this or whatever. I don't want, you know, and that's normal, but I wanted to squash that. 
because it's like, just because I found mine three months before you did, (laughs) doesn't make me so much better than you, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not Mm -hmm. a thing. And we have this, um, need to want to put people in pedestal positions because we've been conditioned to for like, right. Hierarchy and all that kind of stuff. And I just think like, I would love to tear down the veil of that. Like in my practice mediumship sessions, I still have people pay me because well, mediumship still happens, but, and you know, time, like I should be paid for my time. That's the thing, (laughs) but we can get into that later about why people should be paid for their time. But there's this, this thing where I sit with people and I, I make sure to manage their expectations ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not be your guru. I'm not magic. I'm not like someone who's like crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't know, skilled um, at this particular thing yet. And in that I bring it back down to earth. And even though it's such a beautiful thing to be able to like connect people with those people and let them know that they're not gone. I still don't know how it works. Mm. I wish I knew how it worked. I wish they would give me that information. What's happening on the other side? Give me the tea, you know, like they don't, <laughs> um, they give me a little bit, but there's, there's, there's so much to our human experience that if we unveil that too much, we're out of the poker game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, we lose the, our skin in the game. If we know all the answers to the, game. it's no fun anymore. Yeah. So there's certain levels where they, they just don't do that. But anyway, to answer what we were saying earlier, like it's why I'm highly conscious and cautious of people putting me in that position. It's one thing to like admire someone and respect them for the information, but you, I'm, I very much preach. You still need to know what you think about things. You Mm -hmm. still need to know what's important to you. What feels aligned with you, what resonates with you. Don't sign up and co-sign one person and think like, Oh, she said this and this. And I really identify with her. Everything that she does is perfect because when Mm -hmm. she does something that won't be perfect, you will feel slighted. Yeah. And that's un, an unrealistic expectation to have. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that to me goes back similar, how you said the parallels of religion and the I guess right. say, spiritual community. <clears throat> like me, I've um, came, like I've just naturally been a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I had my first deck of cards my dad gave to me years ago and I didn't even, I mean, I really didn't know the term Oracle card back then. I just knew they were cards that I could use and like get information, but it's not something I use often, Hmm. but I kind of came in as this medium. And then I would look around and I noticed like this thought of a medium being like this, like if I compared it to like a tarot reader or something like sometimes I felt people put mediumship more on a pedestal and like yeah. when you see television shows like long island medium um and he's outside of miss cleo you only really see mediums and miss cleo she did tarot but she was like looked at in a lot of ways like this mockery or whatever right yeah. so people look at it like a, a party trick type of thing mm-hmm. and but when i growing up because <clears throat> my mom is very spiritual too my godmother is a medium um they my mom I remember her tarot cards like yesterday and her silk scarves that she mm-hmm. would you know put up when she didn't have clients and stuff so it all has been valuable to me yeah different aspects of connecting into spirit um because I've just I've seen the ways that spirit talks because it's not just like cars it's not just yeah. mediumship it's like finding dimes 
inside of books that mm-hmm. it's like where the, how did this get in here <laughs> yeah. you know like spirit talks in so many ways you know and so I've had to be mindful because I've had people who I've connected with that are card readers and they'll look at me like oh well how do you just sit and just talk <laughs> like how do you you just sit there and then all this stuff comes out mm-hmm. and 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 then they don't necessarily do the same thing and they'll feel nervous like I can't do the do things the way you do and I'm like don't worry about it do it the way (laughs) you do it you Mm -hmm. know and the way they do it is just as valuable and so it is important to really know that everybody in some way we wouldn't be here if we weren't spiritual like Mm -hmm. a a spirit we're I mean literally these bodies are filled with spirit (laughs) like this is not a machine you know what I mean like so everybody is spiritual in some way shape or form how they channel it the way it moves through them it's very different it can be on a high scale a low scale or it's just some you know what I mean yeah um but people tend to I remember a guy years ago he said he was very religious he received a reading from me and then I he made a post on uh Facebook about basically me what I'm doing being evil and we kind of went back and forth on and he was like well if you're so spiritual should you be all upset blah 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 I was like don't get it twisted buddy (laughs) I'm still human (laughs) exactly if you come for me and you talk crazy and you put me down even though you you got a reading from me and it was all good now I'm this evil person Mm -hmm. I will respond you know and so sometimes I think people feel if they put you on the pedestal like somehow that gives them a license to bring you down if you don't meet the expectations that they set out based off of what they've seen of you so far right but they don't see the full package of who you are you know they see a portion of your work but that's the portion of your work is not who you are yeah you know and in totality so I love that you're so conscious of that, you know, and I really, really, really even more appreciate you um, coming on this podcast with me, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, yes, like immediately. And I I think I had just released maybe like that week, you know, the Wednesday before <laughs> it was my first, you know, release of the podcast. And I was like, I'm just going to take a chance. I love this girl. And <laughs> you said, you. yes. Well, you know, there's, um, so I remember when I first started my podcast and I had had, I don't know, maybe 20 episodes up to that point, but I was like, you know, recording them directly to my phone, no editing, like no background, you know, whatever. Um, when I was in Bali, someone showed me how to remove sound from the back and like how to do other other stuff. Um, but I remember asking Aaron Abke to be on my show because I was studying the law of one. And so I ended up finding a lot of his videos and he was like, YouTube big at the time. And I was like, oh man, it'd be really awesome to have him on my show. Like wonder like if he'd ever be on my show. And I was like, you know, trying to like do my best PR pitch of like, I have this many downloads and this or whatever, not thinking like, this is actually pretty good. It was nothing. Um, and he said, yes. And I Mm -hmm. was like, wow, like someone I really looked up to someone I really like vibed with his content and at the time, and, you know, just like really thought like, wow, that was really kind of, of this person to spend time to help me get started. And so 
with, with that, like I found that I got a lot of, um, uh, experience being able to interview someone about something. So, um, I mean, the law of one is like a very convoluted material. It's very intense. It's like reading a thesis paper. Um, but I had done so much research on it and he said, that's actually one of the best interviews I've had. Like, and I was like, you know, like, um, because I have, I was so knowledgeable in the material and I gave him something like this a challenge and go back and forth with anyway. Um, so he ended up being on the show like two more times, you know, oh, um, wow. and it was really cool to start to see that open up. And then he's like, I got some friends I can refer, like, you know, whatever. It was really awesome. And I met some other people that way. But the fact that of the matter is, is that at the time I had a lot of spiritual friends or whatever, I just interviewed my friends. And then it was like, all right, like I can do this. I know how to do this. I have a, I have a degree in communication. I did journalism. Like I, I know how to work an interview, but, um, that to be able to have the people say yes was like a mm. big deal. Um, when I had Mel Robbins on my show, that was a huge deal because Mel Robbins is very famous. And I was like, mm-hmm. why is she saying yes? She had a book to sell. So there's that, but she's also a really awesome person and having her on the show. Um, it was, it was crazy. The person who I had assisting me at the time, I have trust issues with like assistance and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and the person that I had assisted me at the time got the time zones wrong. And so I was with my daughter and who's very small at the time, it was probably a year ago, maybe longer. Um, and I was uh, looking at the, the, my, my email for whatever reason, see that Mel Robbins has signed into your zoom. And I was like, wait a minute, wait, no, maybe she's just testing the link to make sure that it works. And then I just knew intuitively someone fucked up <laughs> and mm-hmm. I needed to hop on or whatever. I wasn't ready. My kid wasn't asleep yet. Um, we were still like, my partner was out, like he hadn't, he wasn't coming back in time because the interview was supposed to be later. Mm-hmm. And so I hopped on and I was like, Hey, how's it going? Like super nervous, super like starstruck. Like I don't get really starstruck, but like that essence of like, Oh, you know, it's a big deal. This was like the interview to make it a break me, you know, kind of thing. Like this would be a huge opportunity. And I built it up so big and then here I am like unable to not unable, but like I was able to do the interview, but I had to sit there with my kid who's screaming. <laughs> through most I of remember it. I listened to that and I remember yeah. she kind of, she showed you grace. And now I, I so, much grace. Mm-hmm. so much grace, so much grace. And she was like, look at you, you're still showing up even though blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I just, I cried because I was like, I don't want to be seen as someone who's unreliable. I don't want to be seen as someone who doesn't have a shit together. Like here it is my biggest opportunity and it's a blip. <laughs> mm. um, it's a mess up, you know? And so she, she, she was really great and, and able to being able to roll with it and so on. But I felt so deflated. Mm. I felt just like, oh my gosh, I blew it. Like I blew one of my biggest interviews. And even though she was super gracious and it was really amazing, I was putting all this pressure on myself, hinging the success of my podcast off of having a guest on the show. Mm -hmm. And it was a very pinnacle moment for me because I was putting my power outside of myself, Mm -hmm. that everybody's going to tune into this podcast because they love Mel Robbins, not because they love me Mm -hmm. and that feeling of like, and I blew it now. She, she was gracious. It was a wonderful, I think it would end up being a wonderful interview, even though it was really mm-hmm. challenging for me because I love perfection. Um, and it was messy. Cause you know, I had to mute out my daughter in parts and like, it didn't go how I wanted to I was distracted. I had to keep her in my lap the whole time. You know, it was a whole thing. Um, but it taught me a lot about that. Those moments of like, if I, if I want to do something 
I need to do it because I believe in me mm-hmm. not because I believe in who can be on my show or who can make it better or what exchange I can get for having these particular people on. Um, it does obviously take people's time and um, graciousness, but it's an exchange, you know, mm-hmm. like lots of people probably bought her book after hearing her on that show and how gracious she was and whatever, you know, like, um, and in the same way, here you are on your first podcast <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm not seeing myself as like, a celebrity by any stretch, but I have experience in the game and being able to have this interview with you is like reminding me of like, man, I remember what it was like just starting that, like at the beginning, not knowing like, you know, you know what I was doing at the time. And, um, you know, like the, the whole thing that comes with the experience of being able to do something and put yourself in the uncomfortable spaces to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And that was really such a beautiful thing. So that's like you said, you were saying, you asked me, I don't say yes to a lot of people just because time constraints, but I remember seeing your name and being like, I know her, I know her. Like she's, I think she's someone in my community or something like that. Um, I don't know if it was before or after somehow, maybe I intuitively knew, I don't know what the thing was. It didn't matter. I usually know instantly, like if I'm supposed to do this or not. And so my intuition said, yes, like give this one a chance. I said, okay, great. I usually make people like wait until they've done about 20 episodes and get kind of a rhythm before I do anything with them. But I had a feeling like I was supposed to do this with you. So, wow. We follow that. Well, thank you intuition for telling her. Yes. Thank you for (laughs) listening and receiving. As you know, it's so interesting the way I know this is a podcast, but really in my mind and heart talking to you, it was almost like, oh, I have a chance to like talk to her on the phone and just like, (laughs) listen to her you know and I really wanted to talk to you about community because it's something that um excuse me I'm in the process I mean I've been doing medium I've been I've had my business since 2017 Mm -hmm. but it's been the podcast is was new but the work you know I've been doing it for a while um but it's still something that I'm in the process of of really thinking about being intentional on and building Mm -hmm. community and I really just value um your ability you know to bring people together and I was like oh I could talk to her about this like yeah it's a podcast but I can talk to her you know um and so to even send the message to you and it was like really Diana like you just you're just getting started but that's one thing about me even when I'm really nervous or scared I still will try yeah and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'm a forever trier. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, nerves don't stop me mm-hmm. at all. I feel them, but they don't stop me. Same. And so that's why I reached out. And I'm so happy that you said yes, because mm-hmm. I just, in this time, I've gained so much, you know, listening to you and see myself yet again. You know, the first time I heard you, I just was like, oh, I, these, these are my people. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like I, I got it. And then hearing your story of you going from here to there and this, the process, like totally relatable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to say too, like before you mentioned um, that you were developing your own cards mm-hmm. and that to me is another great um, way to empower people and encourage her. Like mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> cause I, I, like I have a few uh, decks that I made for people and then making them my intention was Diana can't be everywhere for everybody all the time but spirit is there yeah. <laughs> you know always there and if you need an answer 
grab these cards. Yeah. If that's, you know, what you need to help you get the message, grab these cards and use them. Mm-hmm. And so you developing these cards is another way of empowering, you know, and stretching your community even further. Mm-hmm. And and I just love it, like really building a legacy of showing people like you really are valuable. You know, you really are valuable. And this spiritual stuff is not all, I don't know, woo-woo, or it's not this yeah. out of touch thing. You literally wouldn't exist without it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it's not this far reaching thing. It's like in the hands that you use to reach out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. So I can't wait to see those as well. I want to make <laughs> sure I brought that up. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, let me take a look really quick so I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, do, 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 do. What would you recommend to someone maybe who, like if you saw a girl who grew up the way you did in a town with people who didn't quite understand her and made her feel a little odd mm-hmm. like, and trying to find her way and it's like what would you say to that girl, even you, you know, cause someone out there is just like you. So what would you say to yourself in that moment before you went to New York, before you found that outside community to kind of help, help her along until that community does eventually come to her? I would say you're not alone. I think that that's the, the thing that we're most scared of is that mm-hmm. we're alone that it's only us. And, um, I have this kind of thing that I say, that's a little bit crass, but I, I, I always say, well, you're not that special in the sense that you're the only person in the world that has this, this ailment or this, this feeling, or, you know, whatever, you're not the only one. And I say that in jest <laughs> because it's like, there are so community can be found literally anywhere but mm-hmm. it is us having to get outside of our head space that causes us to feel fearful or feel um, weird or cringy or <laughs> whatever the thing is um, that keeps us from connecting from other people. And so if we don't take the time to just allow ourselves to mess up, to allow ourselves to look funky or let, you know, like if mm-hmm. we're so pressed to be perfect all the time, we isolate ourselves because it's, you know, vulnerability cannot grow in perfection. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be able to make those mistakes or cross, you know, those lines <clears throat> to, to help us understand and know that we're not alone. I think that our human experience is built off and based off of the connection to other people mm-hmm. that we learn how to love each other. And in that we find, we find our footing, right? Like if without mm-hmm. getting um, doing the podcast and then finding that like, wait a minute, there's a lot of other people out here who struggle with the same thing that I do or um, experience very similar things that I do, or, um, you know, we are finding out together that there are layers to this, you know, um, mm-hmm. it means that then I don't have to do the journey alone. And what's really interesting um, about that is that I still live in Kansas city. And in that um, I met my partner, had a baby, we got a house, like we're living here until, Um, my, my stepchildren are 18 and then we're out of here. (laughs) Um, but there is this, this part of me that even now, like most of my really good friends that I talk to every day are friends that I've never met in person. 
Mm-hmm. Like the friends that I have that, um, I have few, a very small circle of people that I meet with on a regular basis. Um, because I'm not about the fake anymore. Like there, mm-hmm. there are even best friends that I've had for years and years and years that I have a very cursory relationship with now because we cannot connect on the level of depth that I require for me to feel satiated in a relationship. Mm. I can't do the fake and the surface and the, well, I can't talk about this part of myself because they'll look at me weird or, you know, whatever. Like I just can't do it anymore. And now I'm almost Mm. 40 years old. It's just like, Mm. it's, it's not in my bag. It's not in my capacity to do anymore. So like, find your people, like your people are out there. Um, it may take some time. If you can't find your people, go to love this conscious community.com and find some people, but (laughs) there is, there is this, this feeling that makes us feel isolated when we tell ourselves that we're alone, Mm -hmm. that we're the only ones, we're the only people, I'm the only one who, you know, no one, I'll never find love. Why you're not that special. Everybody, every Tom, Dick and John out here finding love, you know, (laughs) it's not just you. Like you can't be isolated in some way or another. We tell ourselves those things to keep ourselves safe. And in that way, it serves us. The lie, the narrative serves us to keep us alone because we know the devil we know versus the Mm -hmm. devil we don't. Easier to stay isolated by ourselves than to feel judged or rejected or have someone look at us crazy one more time in our search for finding our community. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. You're not that special. (laughs) It's probably (laughs) something I needed to hear a few years ago. But that's so true. And it, I love that you brought up too that the pro- sometimes the process like how certain friends that were your friends for years and it just doesn't mesh anymore. And that's okay. And sometimes it could take a little while to make those connections, the new ones, but it's possible to do that. Um, and like this, that is just so true. Like the the shift, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll say, what is that people could the... Um, it's different terms, but people sometimes talk about like the dark night of the soul, like yeah. this huge transformation. And <clears throat> like you said, when you said like how you had to monitor, oh, I can't talk about this part of myself with this person. Mm-hmm. And, that and, is energetic drain. Mm-hmm. I just won't do anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I had a best friend. We have been friends since high school and I remember when I first started doing this work and early on, I did meditation classes and I found um, before one of the classes, my mom's old pendulum. And I was like, oh my God, I found this. So I'm going to bring it. Did not know that people would freak out over a pendulum. I had no awareness <laughs> because I was, I grew up around it and yeah. I just, I just didn't know that it was something that would be looked at as really weird and uncomfortable. And yeah, I remember it's like a Ouija board or something. I had, I had no clue. <laughs> I had no clue. And I was like, Oh my God, look guys. Da, 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 da. It was really, it's really cute. Right now. <laughs> I, 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 it's right here somewhere, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no problem. Um, so I brought it to class. And so not too long after that, I did a in-person event where I invited people out. It's like a, what they call a gallery style yeah. um, session. I brought all these people came and I did readings for the room. And so my friend at the time, she, uh, she helped me set up and she came to set up. And then she told me in that moment, um, 
I won't be staying. And I said, oh, well, you know, why? What happened? And she was like, oh, I just don't feel comfortable with the tools that you use. And I was flabbergasted at first. I said, what tools? Because again, when I work, it's just me channeling. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. at first I said, what tools? Like there's nothing in my hands, you know? So what are you referring to? And then I was like, oh yeah, I just did the meditation class and I had the pendulum. And uh, I said, oh, okay. And in that moment, I realized like, oh, this friendship won't be the same Mm -hmm. because I'm not changing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to not do this work. This is so much of who I am. And it was a long process to get to being willing to show the world yep. um, that I do this work. And you I'm had like, to I, fight through layers to get to a place where you finally stood out and said, this is who I am. There's no going back after that. Yeah. Like it to me is like literally impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to go back. And so I said, oh, this, this friendship has shifted and, and then, and it, it did shift and, um, and it's okay, you know, and I was nervous about it's, it's, I'm good at making friends. I'm really good at it, but then, and I've had different, um, sets of friends over the years, but in that in-between space, I forget that I've been through that process and I'm like, oh, is it just going to be me? Like, mm. because I'm such a community oriented person. I'm a family oriented person. Usually when I have a friend, all of a sudden their whole family is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and so I found myself in that space again, like this has been my best friend forever. And then, you know, recently I had another friend or a couple of friends that shifted out of my life. But like you said, it's like, I can't not be who I am. What you know, I honor where you are and I like I'm not gonna condemn where you are, be who right. you are. Um, but I really am gonna honor where I am. And so I totally get that. Like, and it's so for that person who may feel there's no one around me, my family doesn't understand me. I've always been the black sheep, blah, 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 blah. There is somebody out there and Again, like uh, Leah, she has a community and um, you can find me on Instagram <laughs> and I have a Patreon and I, my Patreon community is so supportive of one another. And, um, but just look online, you know, mm-hmm. me finding Aaliyah, finding you, it was on the internet, you know, yeah. and I found community and just listening to these interviews and listening to you talk about different topics. It's like that in, internal connection, you know, like yeah. no matter where it comes from, it may not be a physical person that you connect with in a moment, but it's always about that connection that you feel. So if it's just yeah. listening to a voice on a show, on a podcast, on whatever, then there's there's part of your community, you know, showing yeah. up for you. I'll tell so, you this, like I learned during the pandemic, I'm actually an introvert didn't know (laughs) have been operating in a space where I have been trying to behave in a way that I felt was acceptable Mm -hmm. for my lifestyle or whoever I was around um constant meetings with people and you know like oh we have to be here and do there whatever and upon a pandemic and becoming a mom at the same time I realized yo, like I'm actually like a mad introvert. Like (laughs) I want to hang out at home. (laughs) I Mm. am a cancer through and through. My husband is a cancer. Our birthdays are a day apart. Like 
we just like to stay at home. And so the last date we went on was like six months ago. We need to go on a date. Um, but we, we went out, like we went out, out, like we were like, we going to this place and then we're going to get dinner here. And then we're going for drinks here. And then we got whatever. And by the end of the night, both of us were like, we could have stayed at home. (laughs) It would have been fun if we stayed at home. Um, but like without the kids, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so in that, I learned that about myself and I learned that the capacity in which I have to do the scape of work, um, scale of work that I, I need my me time. I need like with like three kids in the house and noise. And like, I'm very hypersensitive to, you know, extrasensory kind of things. I'm misophonic. Like there's all kinds of stuff that like, I really need to reserve my time and my energy for those who don't make me or force me to behave differently than who I am. Mm-hmm. And in my family group, I have to do that. Like I have to behave just so, um, I had to tell my, my mom a few weeks back, um, that her behavior was manipulative. Like I love my mom, my mom and me are tight. Like she's great. She's wonderful. But when she really gets in her religious space, like she starts saying things that just feel like it's so off the wall that you're just like, that is not appropriate. And like mm. you said, like, I don't cringe on your beliefs. I'll let you explain and explore whatever. But she basically said that the rapture was coming and that they're going to take beta. <laughs> and mm. I was like, don't come for my kid. Like that, that's inappropriate. So anyway, um, we have to be, behave in those kinds of spaces. Um, my sister had her vow renewal yesterday and I have a, another sister who were basically estranged. Um, she has some mental illness and I just tired of the abuse, but I thought I'll, I'll, I'll show up, right. Mm-hmm. I'll show up. I'll be kind and cordial and laugh and, you know, genuine and try to make this as unawkward as possible. I'll speak mm-hmm. to her. I'll greet her, you know, whatever. And towards the end of the night, I almost believed myself. Like mm-hmm. I almost believed that we're, we're okay. Like it could be all right or whatever. And then she did two things that were just so out of pocket when no one was watching that I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember you, but be, to have to perform in that way, I got home and I was so drained, mm-hmm. just so drained. And I, I have this, um, you know, this friend who has this idea that I have become a really bad friend to her. And Mm -hmm. I don't blame her because I have distanced myself. She had some questionable responses around black lives matter stuff. And since then I haven't felt the safest to be like, when we talk about racism and stuff, are you not on board here? Um, Mm -hmm. not knowing that like, Hmm, this is different. This you said this friendship has shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that I'm like, you know what? I still know her heart. I know she's an amazing person. She's wonderful. Like, um, but we're different people now and mm-hmm. the expectations that she might have for our friendship are based off of an old version of myself. Yeah. And I said, I had to say, we're not best friends anymore. Like this, mm-hmm. these expectation has to change because we're totally different people. When we get together and we need to talk, it's great to catch up a quarter, but like, if we're trying to talk every month or something like that, it's like, well, then I'm gonna start getting into spiritual things and you don't want to talk about spiritual things. So like, what do we do? So in that I've had to claim my, my community claim my, my people, the people that I speak to, there's two friends I have that talk to on WhatsApp all the time. We never have time to call each other directly. We just, it's Mm -hmm. voice messages back and forth. And that is the capacity in which we allow each other to operate. I have enough time to, to send you a message and then go about my day. I might not respond for a couple of days, maybe even a week and everybody's fine with it. Mm. 
It's like, that is adult friendship. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, So it allows me to, to operate at a scale that is under the expectations that everybody's got their own thing going on. Nobody's but hurt about anything. Like we're all giving each other grace and space and spiritual support and encouragement when it's necessary. But like, it's, it's in alignment with where I'm at right now and what I need right now. And it's in alignment with what they need right now. And so for people, when they feel lonely, a lot of times you've fallen out of alignment of what someone else expected from you. And now Mm -hmm. you're starting to step your own awareness of what's going to be best aligned for you. And so in that journey, it's going to take some time to search and say, what does, what fits for me? And typically Mm -hmm. I find that in the times I feel the loneliest is the time I was transitioning the most. Mm. I was still unsettled about who I was. So I didn't know who I was looking for. So I would keep yeah. trying to fit in this one and not in this one. And this is not working out or whatever. And it may have been a few year process where I was still just trying to figure out who I was. Once I figured out who I was, it was like a moth to a flame. Like, oh, real mm. recognized, real. I, that <laughs> vibration is good with me. I know what that is. That feels good. And I know mm-hmm. what that is. And that feels bad. And I'm not, I'm unwilling to entertain that anymore if it's going to steal my energy. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then when you mentioned like the, the WhatsApp, like you have your own little community and yeah. I'm sure that <laughs> reflects on how you operate in your larger community that you, mm-hmm. you know, develop. So that's so cool. Um, so thank you so much for your time again. I didn't want to take up thank a lot you. of your time. <laughs> thank you. This has been absolutely amazing. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Did you want to share like how people can contact you or stay yeah. connected with you you can find me at my website thelovelyalia.com a-l-e-a um you can also find me at lovethisconsciouscommunity.com uh and then uh look out for me on instagram at the lovely alia or the lovely alia is the handle <laughs> um i will have a new podcast coming out i believe it'll be june 1st um so we're shooting all the assets this weekend i'm really excited <laughs> okay nice and you'll announce it on mm-hmm. instagram yeah oh, oh. okay the I'm name excited. is like undercover for now because I was like I don't want anybody to put their opinion on it I know this is the name so I'm like ready (laughs) yeah it's like spiritual shit people put their opinion on it and look at how far it's gone yeah they were like I don't like the name and I was like that's literally the reason why people found it so Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool cool so I'm excited thank you again for saying yes (laughs) um and hopefully this won't be our last conversation Mm -hmm. um And I hope you have an amazing day. Thank Thank you so much. You too. We'll see ya. All right. You take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. I hope that you found yourself uh, realizing that you are not alone and truly the value of building and being within community. It doesn't have to be in a professional sense. It could just be in your small friend group or in a local community center, but just know that on your journey, and if we were to even take it outside of spirituality, it is important to have community around you and to know that you're not alone. And this community doesn't have to be someone As you heard Aaliyah say, her closest people, they text each other, right? These are people she hasn't met in person. 
there is no limit to how you can connect with others, but know that it's okay to have moments where you self-isolate, but by and large, community matters. And I'm so grateful and proud of Aaliyah Lovely for what she's been able to build and what she continues to build. And so, yeah, you guys, thank you for listening. You all know that every week I do um, a card of the day. And so I want to talk about that really quick. And then I will chat with you guys later. So the card of the day comes from the Magic Hat Oracle deck. And it is, it is the juggling card. There's three balls on this card. And this card is about really deciding what you can pick up and what needs to be put down. And not feeling guilty when you have to put one thing down to pick another up. And then eventually you'll get a rhythm where you can pick up more and more and things really flow really well. And if I was to connect that to community, I'll say this, I have been a part of different groups in my life since I was a child. And each group served a purpose for a time. And there are aspects of each group that have enhanced my life tremendously. I'm not uh, a part of some of those groups anymore, but parts of those groups are still within me and still help me, right? But there were moments where I was fully invested physically and I had to be mindful of how I supported the group while maintaining my identity, while maintaining what worked well for me and what didn't, and at the same time, considering others around me. It was a bit of a juggling act while being in the groups. And so if you find yourself in a group and you're like, how do I support everyone while also supporting myself and my outside needs, then make time to assess those things so that you feel balanced and that you're not overstretching or overgiving. This could be to a church group. This could be to a community group. This could be in a work group. But really be mindful of what you're carrying in your hands and what needs to be balanced, right? Um, and in your family too, you know? Uh, so really consider that and know that it's okay to, you don't have to do it all. And then if you feel you have to do it all, it's okay to, even if it's briefly, put something down, assess how much of you can take and then pick it back up. Right. So that is the message of the day. Again, thank you for being here. You all know, I always say, be you, embrace you and love you. And I'll talk to you soon. If you made it this far, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and learned something new. If you would like to stay connected, feel free to email me at divinepearlsinsight at gmail.com. And please share Have Medium with your friends and family and with anyone who you feel would be interested in learning a little more about what it's like navigating the spiritual and the physical. Until next time, remember to be you, embrace you, and love you. Now talk to you soon.